Okay, we're in uh, Romans chapter 3. Let's pray. Father, uh, as we examine the nuts and bolts of salvation, we pray you'd bless us. This is tedious stuff. It's tedious. I'm maybe more professorial, maybe more... We didn't know any of this stuff before we got saved, and we got saved anyway, but now it's here in a book, and you, I think you're holding us responsible to be able to be conversant in it, and to be able to share it, and to know it, and to live in it. And I pray you're blessed to that end, we ask it in Jesus' name. Um, so, his salvation, not by this method, not by this method, not by this method, and certainly not by this method, by this method. Okay, we ticked all the boxes, we got it, let's go home. That's, I, I think a lot of, I, I, I don't want to be judgmental here, but by talking and being conversant with Christians, I think that's all we have a lot of times. But what's the rest of the book? Have you, and he's going to give it like depth and flesh it out and add to it. Have you wondered why, okay, we're saved, a new creation in Christ. Why do we still have, wrestle with this sin nature? Why is it still, or in other words, why is it still a propensity to do evil? It's even kind of like the default button set on that. The default button isn't set, on, isn't set on the Spirit. I wake up, I'm Spirit-filled every day, and I just seek to do God's will. If I'm a, a new person in Christ, why is that so? What do I do to overcome that tendency? Oh, it's chapter 6, and chapter 7, by the way. Is this new relationship that I've entered into with God. You know, we have relationships that we don't have anymore. We used to be besties with these people that we, they, they broke up and we never see them anymore. That happened in your life, I'm sure. People come, people go. Friends come, friends go. We have relationships and we're talking about our new found faith here is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, what's the rules of this relationship? Does it come and go? Is he leaving? Are we leaving? If so, what are the conditions that we leave on? Can we get back into good graces and what's those conditions look like? And I tell you what, it's non-obvious because Christians, well-meaning, well-intentioned Christians are all over the board on this. I don't think you should be. Romans chapter 8. Is eternal security a doctrine? That phrase isn't anywhere in Scripture. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm asking, do we have conditional life or do we have eternal life? Again, Christians are all over the board on this. If we have a relationship with God, well, didn't Israel? And aren't they now on the outside looking in? Wait a second, if God doesn't keep his end of covenants, do we want a covenant with God? Romans 9, 10, 11. Okay, so we're saved. What does that look like? What a, in, what, what's our response? What are we supposed to do? Romans 12. <laughs> Listen, it's all here. He's going to flesh out. He's going to give it like breasts. We got a skeleton. Okay, now we're going to put some flesh on it. And, that's, and this part here, put on your thinking caps, okay? We're going to learn some words. Uh, if I, one Christian in ten couldn't, uh, if I said propitiation, or justification, or righteousness, wouldn't be able to define it in biblical terms. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at. You say, oh, I don't know, this sounds rather dull. No, it's very exciting to me. It's where we live. But again, it's not, it's studious stuff. It's like Bible college stuff. But it's right here in Romans. It's where we're going. We, 
I was trying to put together questions last night. And Sue says, where are you going? I said, I'm going next 10 verses. I know this is what's on. And she goes, well, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? I, I thought about this, and I thought about this very often. I don't want to preach life application sermons. There's plenty of that. I'm going to tell you what the book says. And I think the Holy Spirit of God will fill in the blanks in response to this truth. What are you supposed to do? And if I take it upon myself, and I don't even think that's always together a bad thing. People do this all the time. Pastors do this all the time. But I think like, you know what? You're adults. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of God. Let Him. This is the truth. Now, what are you, what's your response? I don't have to connect all the dots. You know what I mean? It's not incumbent upon me. So let's just plunge into the next 10 verses and see where we, where, where we are. Now, these verses aren't in a vacuum. I, I'm going to back up a little bit, you know, and I always wonder how far back, you know, let's ignore Genesis and Exodus and those, and let's get at least into the book of Romans, right? Because you can always back up and back up and back up, and then you never get anywhere going forward. Uh, all he, he started out the book basically saying there's four different types of what people think equals salvation but they're not to be trusted in and there was a paganism right and then then there was uh, uh, moralism and then there was rule keeping and then there was Judaism which they're saying yeah we got rules too but we got the right rules we don't we didn't make up ours and they all come short and chapter 3 says well what advantage then hath the Jew? What profit is there of circumcision? He goes on to say, well, it's a really cool thing. It's just not cool enough to get you to heaven in and of itself. And he goes on and he speaks and he ends up, kind of chapter 10 is pivotable, uh, pivotable, <laughs> pivotal. <laughs> I'm just going to make up words here and you'll, you'll decipher them, okay? Uh, chapter, uh, verse 10 is pivotal. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Uh, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are all together become unprofitable, there is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, with their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that what things, soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. Hallelujah. Well, I'm a good person. Shut up. <laughs> no, you're not. This is what the law teaches us. You're saying, really? The law teaches us that nobody keeps the law. The law shows us and demonstrates to us that we are sinners and that we are law breakers. And that's the blessedness of verse 19, that all, every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. You say, that's not a good thing. It's a very good thing. Once we understand our guilt, now we can move out and do something about it. And so he does. So now he turns a corner here now. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, blessed but now. Dark, gloom, hell, you've got no hope, it's all bad, this is as good as it's ever going to get, and just guess what? You've got eternity of just repentance ahead that nobody's going to hear, it's going to fall on deaf ears, you're just going to be miserable, out of darkness, but now. 
And that's a very blessed thing. There's hope. There's salvation. Oh, you don't get it by the law, but still it comes. And now we're going to find out the process. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law, I know it says without the law, but it means separate from the law, the righteousness of God, separate from the law, is clear, obvious. It's made apparent. You say it manifested. I know, that's one of those words we don't say all the time, and so people have this hazy idea. The righteousness of God, can I put it another way? The glory of God, the one that, verse 23 says, fallen of sin and come short of the glory of God. That glory of God, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is obvious. It's being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Why does he mention the law and the prophets? It's not a new thing. Jeremiah spoke of this, that new heart that God was going to give us. Uh, we see in the Old Testament, and, and we'll see that in chapter 4, we see um, the righteousness that is... Listen, Abraham was declared righteous by God 400 years before the law. Uh, 13 or 14 years, I can't remember, before he was circumcised. Isn't that interesting? How was he declared righteous? Ah, by faith. And we'll get there. We'll get there next week, God willing. How about David? David comes after the dispensation of the law comes down on Sinai. And this is the law. Live ye in it. This is how it's going to be from now on. He commits adultery. There's no offering for adultery. There's no... You're done. You're all done drinking hot stuff. You're dead in the water. You're... You're toast. And he, uh, we'll cover next Sunday night uh, in our study of Psalms. I, ho I hope you all listen. I, I, it's very casual, but a lot of important things. Psalm uh, 42 through 48 that I did, I recorded last night, it'll be on tonight. It's all about the tribulation, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the millennial kingdom. You say, in the Old Testament, in, in Psalms? Tune in. I think I, I think I made my case. David is in the law, and he, apart from the law, is justified. The law condemns him to ignominious, ignominious I mean, death by stoning. But he wasn't. How does that work? Well, we're going to find out. You see, uh, uh, okay, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is made manifest. It's witnessed by the law and the prophets, okay? It's witnessed by the Torah, the first five books of Moses, we would say the Pentateuch, and it's witnessed by the prophets. Uh, another way of saying it, Jesus says, you know, you search the scriptures, you think in them you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, to wit the Savior of the world. And by the, by, by the way, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, may every word be established. Well, you have the New Testament. Well, where's the two or three witnesses? Um, the law, kind of significant. Um, the prophets, kind of significant. Big chunk of Scripture, right? And they're saying the same thing. This isn't new. If, if you talk to somebody who knows their, a Jewish person who knows their Tanakh, you should be able to easily 
connect all the dots. Isaiah 53 is a wonderful example. Psalm 22 is another wonderful example. But I'm, I'm chasing rabbits here. We've got to keep moving. Um, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Now, a dramatic pause. Not rules. I don't care what rules. Not by paganism. Not by moralism. The people who say, well, I'm a good person. That's not how you get to heaven. This verse, among many, tell us that. The righteousness which God brings, the righteousness that God gives, is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all that believe. Believe and faith are words that go together, right? There is no difference. No difference what? Well, between law keepers and non-law keepers, or between law keepers who have the real law, or people who make up their own law, let's look at uh, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 14, when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law. What do you mean? Well, they get married. Gentiles get married. People who never heard of Moses get married and don't cheat on their spouses. People who weren't at Sinai or heard what came down from Sinai think, well, this property belongs to my neighbor. I shouldn't steal it. So they have their own moral code. In this, God said, listen, whatever your moral code is, I'll, I'll judge you according to that. You're still going to fail. But uh, with the law or without the law, or maybe by their own law, or can we say it Jew and Gentile? There's no difference. Remember at the end of uh, that, um, we learned that when uh, Jewish people are, um, when they're judged on Judgment Day, they don't have a, a different judgment they, they go through. God says uh, he's no respecter of persons. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all of them that believe, there is no difference. And that's the no difference that I'm thinking about. And by the way, uh, while we're on this subject, um, the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all of them that believe. Remember, it's believe. It's not behave. Can I not behave so good and still consider myself a Christian? Well, uh, I don't want to, we're going to build a whole case on that. Should you? <laughs> this is a better question. The answer to that is dramatically no. But can I? How, how far can I go before I'm not a child of God anymore? We'll talk about that. Of course, we'll talk about that because Paul's going to talk about that. We're not going to go anywhere where uh, Scripture doesn't take us. I'm not going to, this is the gospel according to Adam. No, I don't have an agenda. I don't have a private gospel. I don't have a private interpretation of it, okay? And by the way, where I'm going here is ground where others have gone before. You should know that. I mean, you can, you know, watch as many sermons on YouTube or Rumble or whatever you want, and you'll find out that my doctrine is pretty mainstream as far as it comes, as far as it goes when we talk about the gospel. Uh, there's no difference. Why is there no difference? Well, because all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Wonderful verse. Well, it condemns me. I know. But now we know where, what, what our sorry plight is, what our condition is. Now 
things can happen. And now, but we should know that. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Okay, so I got saved. Why am I still sinning? Uh, what, what now? Uh, well, we're gonna, like I say, we're going to get to all that. Now, we've all sinned we come short of the glory of God. But the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is manifested. Right? It's by faith in Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all. And there's no difference. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, new vocabulary words, justified. Think of it as, and people have said it's not new with me, just as if I'd never sinned. It's like this. Is there a record in heaven of your sin? Yes, and you're in a big heap of trouble apart from God, apart from Jesus Christ, apart from being saved. Now that you're saved, is there a record in heaven concerning your sin? No. What does judgment look like? Uh, imagine standing before God. Well, Adam, you've done this and this. And by the way, when I'm saying this and this, these are significant, this, this and this. I'm, I'm in a heap of trouble. If that comes up, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I, I, don't, I don't have an excuse why I'm horrible. I don't have a good reason why I was a sinner. I don't, ha- I don't have an answer. That's, that's under the blood. That's done away with, as we'll see. That's not even going to come up. There is a judgment based on my works. Someone will be praiseworthy, and I'll get rewarded, and you'll get rewarded. And, some, and we can read about this in, in, in uh, Corinthians, but we, we don't have time. First Corinthians chapter 3, I believe. But we don't have time for that right now. There's a judgment, but... Sin's not a part of it. Sin, on our behalf, has been judged. Uh, I was listening to Joe Foch, and I love this. He, he tells a little story. I don't think it's uh, original with him. I think I've heard it before. This guy had uh, bought a new Rolls Royce, a Brit, and he was over to the continent, you know, ferried over and was driving his, um, his Rolls Royce around the countryside in France when suddenly it had a breakdown and stopped working. So, you know, he got to ride back to the hotel, called up the peeps and said, hey, uh, my Rolls Royce broke down. Stay right there. Don't do anything. They flew a mechanic from the Rolls Royce factory down to France, fixed it, uh, you know, brought it to him. He went on his merry way with his holiday and everything, you know, everything was happy. So when he got back to uh, Britain, he says, Ooh, this is going to cost me an arm and a leg. So he called up uh, the factory and says, I haven't seen a bill. You know, what's the damage? And the lady who answered the phone, probably a receptionist, says, let me put you in touch with our maintenance department. So, you know, he was, got rerouted there. And, he, you know, he told them the whole story. And they said, there is no record of a Rolls Royce breaking down at any time anywhere there is no record of that now that's a that's a that's a a funny little story but this is how it works and you've got to understand this is really important this is how it works so everything's under the blood now when i sin is that like a new thing like i gotta offer a sacrifice no sacrifice has already been offering is there a place to clear the air 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think that's a salvation verse, by the way. But in the interim, so, so look, at, look uh, I sin against Susan. I'm short with her and I yell at her. And I, and I, I really shouldn't have, but I'm in a bad mood. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Are we married? Yeah. After I do that, are we still married? Yeah. Should I go hat in hand and say, babe, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have. Yeah, most all of us will agree. Well, it's kind of like that. I want to clear the air, and I want to do that with the Lord. I think confession is a good thing. I don't think it changes our legal standing as adopted children of God. I think I want to confess. I think I want to clear the air. I think I want a fresh start. So I go back to the Lord after, you know, I, was, I, was, I did some heinous, horrible thing. You fill in the blank, whatever. And then something that isn't worthy of a man of God. And then I come to him, I said, Lord, I'm so sorry I, you know, did this. And he's like, Psh, under the blood. He's not cavalier about sin. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross proves God is not cavalier about sin. He's the cavalier about our relationship. So I go to him later, theoretically, and I say, Lord, you know, I was confessing early about, you know, this hor- horrific thing I did. I, what are you talking about, son? You know, when I, when I stole that thing, I shouldn't have. And you remember when I confessed and I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. You say, Adam, that's not Bible. Really? Your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more isn't biblical? Now you understand justified, just as if I'd never sinned. There is no record. Oh, you might have remembered something I'd done. I, I'm telling you, uh, people close to me, my wife, my friends, my family, they can, they can list them, okay? Uh, graciously, they generally don't, but they could. But in heaven, there is no record of my wrongs. Justified. Now sit with that for a moment. Praise God. Because you would be in a heap of trouble if you had to answer for the things you did. You have no excuse. You have no reason why you were the way you were. Are you going to answer for them? No. Jesus answered for them, being justified freely. Now, you've got to understand freely. Freely means freely. But then I think it's a... I'll find it here in a second. I was looking it up earlier. John chapter... I closed it out, you dummy. Okay, John chapter 15. Yeah, okay, CSB says it this way. But this happens so that the statement written in the law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. In the King James, they hated me without a cause. This is the same Greek word for justifica- uh, justification freely, without a cause. You haven't done, I haven't done anything to merit our forgiveness, our justification. There's no bragging here, except bragging about Jesus. I haven't done anything, and I'm justified. You may think I'm not. God says, just as if he'd never sinned. Here's the very life of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ never sinned. We know that, right? You think he has. You're a heretic. Just, just telling you what you need to know. You should repent of that. I, I've had discussions with people who think Jesus Christ was a sinner. No, never sinned. Never sinned. 
and we're the exact same way in the sight of God. Now, is that worth the price of admission right there? That's awesome. That's incredible to think all the way through. Being justified without any reason at all by his grace. Now we've come across another new word. Grace, you know, I was Catholic and I had this really, 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 really weird idea of grace. Uh, I went to confession and I was conferred graces. Look at my ditto fingers here. Okay, graces. And it was payment for doing something that the church said you ought to do. I said uh, uh, a rosary or I went to church and I lit a candle or how come all these righteousnesses are never like real righteousnesses, lighting a candle? Whatevs, right? Uh, Chanting, which is Kind of, I don't care what you say. At some point, you're chanting when you're doing the rosary. Jesus, don't do that, okay? Maybe you did it and didn't chant, but I chanted, okay? I just personal. Don't tell me about my own. You can tell me your own thing, but my, mine wasn't like that. Uh, so anyway, I, I did these things, these Catholic things. I didn't eat meat on Friday, and I was handed off so many graces. I don't know how many, right? And then I get all these, I get a pocket full of graces, and then in Judgment Day, because I'm going to purgatory, hell light, for millennia, who knows, right? But I pull out all my graces, oh, yeah, you got some, oh, rosaries, and you get days off for good behavior. That's graces, according to the church that I was brought up in. Is that biblical grace? <laughs> no, no. Listen, laughably, no. This is grace. I have forgiven you. Why would you do that? I'm guilty as sin. Because grace. Someone has said God's riches at Christ's expense. I'll buy that. A little acronym for you there. You can remember that. Because of what Jesus endured, God is I, get the, I derive the benefit. You derive the benefit. Um, why? Justified freely. There is no cause. Whom, the whom is, the antecedent for whom is Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus from verse 24, whom God has set forth to, to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Let's just take that part of it. Oh, propitiation, that's a word we use all the time. No, it means a sacrifice on behalf of another, a payment rendered. It means like, uh, and this is the same word, like we talk about ancient, like where like people had an angry God, and so, you know, children were thrown into the Ganges River. Uh, uh, vol- uh, volcano gods had their steady supply of virgins so they didn't blow their top. Uh, there's these angry gods, and they have to be propitiated. There has to be a payment. This is the same word. But our God isn't like uh, the God of the Ganges River who doesn't exist, or he's not an angry volcano God. But there still is a payment that has to be made because you're a sinner, and the wages of sin is death. Because I'm a sinner, and the wages of sin is death. If God outside of the blood of Jesus Christ, which we'll see, we're declared righteous because of his blood, through faith in his blood. Outside of his blood, there's no, 
There's no, no hope of atonement. No hope of, I put another new word in here. There's no hope of getting right with God outside of his blood. So whom God has set forth, Jesus Christ, to be a propitiation, the payment has been made. And by the way, I want you to understand something. There's no payment to be made on your end. Trying to make a payment is heretical. Well, I know, I know the blood of Jesus uh, covers me and pays for all my sins, but let me add to that my good works. You are, one, ridiculous. Two, you're a heretic. The Bible knows nothing of that. The, all cults have that in common. The Bible knows nothing of you adding to your salvation with your good works. No, it's a grace thing. Through faith in his blood. We all know what faith is. Uh, let me talk about faith here in a minute. By faith in his blood. Now, blood means his blood poured out. And we're talking about Calvary. He, have to, he had to die. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. God set up the, the payment scheme way, way long ago. The wages of sin is death. The payment for your sin is death. Remember in the Garden of Eden. Eat any fruit you want. Knock yourself out. Have the time. Oh, this tree over here, the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that. The day you eat of, you're going to die. Did Adam and Eve die when they ate the fruit? Yes. Uh, uh, Adam, my Bible says that Adam lived for 930 years. He died spiritually. And that's the way, I think, when physical death came into the world, too. just took him a long time to wind down because God had made him so perfect. Let's keep moving. We're justified freely by His grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission, the passing over of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Um, we're talking, what's that forbearance of God? For a long, long, long season until Jesus came, God didn't flood the earth again. God didn't... Um, bring the tribulation. He was patiently endured sin until which time Jesus Christ came and paid for our sins. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in, in Jesus. Now, there's, there's a problem here. If God says, he looks at our sins and says, yeah, don't worry about it. Isn't he the horrible judge that we all hate? Isn't he a partaker in unrighteousness? If somebody, your, good, your, your best, he comes to you and says, yeah, I murdered somebody. What are you going to do? Well, let's find the body and bury it. Um, that's immoral. It's also illegal. Accessory after the fact, right? Uh, aiding and abetting. Um, so God aids and abets, and he's an accessory after the fact. He covers up our sin and he doesn't hold us accountable. When you, when you have a judge who, who excuses like rapacious acts like rape, it's pretty rapacious, uh, and he says, yeah, don't worry about it, just don't do it again. We hate him! How can God be him? He's not. He's not. Not at all, not a little bit. You have to understand this. You have to get this into your thinking. God is just. That's why the wages of sin is death. 
but he's a justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Is there justification outside Jesus? No, because the only person who ever died for your sins, the only God who ever entered into his creation and was willing to die, he was perfect. If Jesus sinned, he'd have been dying for his own sin, not for yours. He suffered a most horrible death by which God showing, all he had to do was die. But God was showing, listen, this is how I feel about sin. God turned his back on his son. Do you get all what happened there? This is the only way that God can be just and a justifier of wicked people like you and me. Praise his holy name. Is there another mechanism that I haven't, that I haven't known about, that I haven't heard? Yeah, you go out there and do good works. You go light a candle. That'll cover your murder. Don't worry about it. Your adultery, light two candles. You're fine. Really? I can go do anything I want and it's just totally fine. Jesus says, it's not totally fine. Let me demonstrate how unfine I think that is. Now, with faith in what he's done on the cross, what happens? Justified freely. It's a wonderful message. It's a wonderful gospel. It gets better and better. Where's boasting then? Well, I was, aw- I was awesome back in life. I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. Wouldn't you hate to be with me eternally, and I, how I brag about all the awesomeness? That I, I exuded righteousness. Everywhere I go, I was, just, I was all that in a bag of chips. I was awesome with a capital A. I was, there's no boasting. You didn't do anything. Didn't we always say justified freely without a cause? You didn't add anything to the, the redemption in Christ Jesus through his sacrifice. You didn't add anything to it. You can't add anything to it. Why would you boast? Well, I had faith. I had faith to say, well, there's two kinds of faith. And this is why I was kind of, I wanted to talk about this. Look, this faith like that we all have. Anyone here ever get on an airplane before? A couple of us. We had faith that it wasn't being operated by a monkey. Did you go to the cockpit and witness that? No, we say the airlines, they've done this before. This ain't their first big rodeo. They understand human life's involved. Probably not being, you know, driven by a tapeworm or a a panda or something like that. At least something with opposable thumbs, right? And and we knew that. We have faith. So is that faith? And it's the gift of faith. faith. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, I think it is. It's, it's listing faith, faith there, and it's the third one. It's the gift of faith. But if it's a gift, shut up again. Why are you boasting over something that was given to you? There's no boasting. Jesus, I, I, I want to boast. I do want to boast. I want to boast in Jesus. He is so awesome. Boast in me? I know I'm ridiculous. Don't confuse me and Jesus. And not that anyone ever would or ever, ever does. He's the Savior of the world. I'm a ridiculous sinner. Boast? Oh, he's awesome. Boast in what I've done? Oh, no. There's no boasting. If salvation is through works, you get to brag, thumbs under the suspenders, eternally. You were so incredible that God said, oh, I've got to have this one for myself. And he added you to his collection. You think heaven's really like that? Think it all the way through. Where is boasting? Is it, it is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. See? And even the faith that we have to believe, some would argue, comes from God. I don't know that. I think you're still responsible for having it. 
Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Would to God that all those who consider themselves Romans, Roman Catholics, my family, would learn this verse. Here's the conclusion. We've got almost three chapters under our belt. Let's conclude something at this point. A man is justified, just as if I'd never sinned, by faith. Quite apart from the deeds of the law. Aren't you glad? You couldn't keep the law anyway. Demonstrated by the fact that you haven't. Even since you've come to Christ, you haven't. How do you know that, Adam? Because I haven't. Not even close. I wouldn't want to be just I wouldn't want to be judged by God for my works on my best day. And we don't even want to talk about my worst day. Let's keep moving. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yeah, the Gentiles also. It's not a Jewish thing. Paul is by and large writing it to Jewish believers at Rome and others as well. And Paul's Jewish. But don't think that's salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ to only Jewish people. He's got to say that because somebody might make that and it kind of should be obvious to us. I mean, I think it is. We conclude a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law, but Gentiles are included in that, seeing it as one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. It's faith or it's faith. Okay, you're circumcised. A Jewish person, I don't care about your intactness or not, obviously. Uh, uh, are you a Jewish person? Oh, you have to come by faith. Oh, you're a Gentile. Faith. Faith. Faith, 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 faith. Works? No. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I'm hoping you're all getting this because this is really good stuff. Uh, one God. And one God is no respect of persons. What if you were uh, a Jewish person and you always try to keep the Mosaic Law and you did festival and you, were, uh, you did as much as any Jewish person alive and now you come to faith in Jesus Christ. Would you still keep Sabbath? Well, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. But you'd understand this. My righteousness is not my activity. Now that we're, none of us are Jewish, so what, what do we to understand? My righteousness is not my activity. It is imputed Chapter 4 is the imputed chapter. Okay, we'll get what imputed. God credits me as righteous, not because of my behavior, but because of my belief. It's a faith thing. It's always a faith thing. From faith to faith, remember? Do we then make void the law through faith? What is, what is, is, there, is there tablets of stone in a box somewhere? with uh, cherubs on top, all gold and everything else. Did, so we have faith. Those, those commandments, they just, they just dissolve. They just go away because of our faith. Do, is that what happens? Do we make void the law through faith? <laughs> no, no. We establish the law. New sheriff in town. You're trying to get to God by keeping rules? Good luck because nobody's ever kept them. Let me tell you how it works. We're not making void the law. This is the law. That's what the book of Romans and the New Testament's all about. It's not new in the sense of the God, uh, God through the law and the prophets said this is the way it's going to be all the time anyway. 
Get on board. Figure it all out. And now, Paul's saying, gloriously, the time has come. Jesus is here. He died for our sins. He rose from the dead. Now's the time to have faith in his blood. Uh, okay. I did pretty good time-wise. <laughs> okay. I'm going to turn it over to our worship team. They're going to send us out of here in song. Let's stand. Receive the blessing. I think you're receiving a blessing. I think this whole thing is a blessing because I'm such an awesome speaker. No, because what I'm talking about is awesome. Jesus Christ is awesome. I hope this gets us ready for Christmas. The advent of the Savior. Okay, I mean, that's the reason for the season, right? Okay, let's pray. Father, uh, uh, being justified freely by His blood, we have redemption through faith. What can I add? Gloriously, nothing. Jesus, you've done it all. We praise your wonderful holy name. Some of us are struggling, Lord. Some of us still haven't got it down. Why would anyone, when they figure out what you have offered, say no to such a glorious gift? Ah, Lord, help us. Now, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.